Welcome back, everybody, to Ammonite Movie Night, a podcast from New York about movie night wherever you are. It's from your pals at Ammonite Inc. I'm Kev, and with me, as always, is my broadcast partner, Jared. Hi, Jared. Good evening. Jared, you brought to my attention, and, and you're correct to do so, that we have to right a wrong before we get into the rest of our show. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, folks, last week was the birthday of our dear pal, Brandon Scaglione, and it had come to my attention that he asked personally for a shout-out. Brandon? From all of us here at Ammonite Incorporated, happy birthday. Or, for a little nostalgia, Oh, I miss those days. I miss that. Oh, man, I miss that. Future guest and old pal of the show, Brandon Scaglioni. Happy birthday. We love you, pal. Love you, buddy. Um, Talk to you soon. Also want to update people on the situation with our listener in Germany. (laughs) <laughs> who we learned is a friend of the show, Olga, tuning in from a VPN. So shout out to Olga if you made it this far in the show. <laughs> Olga, that uh, that text you sent me was, um, I laughed for a solid That's minute. That's so funny. Just straight. That's so funny. <laughs> um, and thank you to everyone else. I get, you know, so many wonderful people all around the country and indeed the continent and indeed the world are tuning mm. in. And uh, we love you and thank you. The 15 or so people who listen to the whole show. Hey, that's 15 more people than were listening to us a month ago, right? Yeah. Technically, you were listening to the recording. <laughs> technically. That's true. Um, Kevin, you're our first listener. Uh, that's uh, technically true. The producer of the show. Um, all right. I want to start with some breaking news that just broke like two hours ago. Um, oh Warner Brothers has announced the title and plot and, ca- and uh, lead cast of the Christopher Nolan film they picked up. So <laughs> I told Jared I was going to start oh with boy. news and uh, oh I wanted to get your live reaction. So I didn't tell you what it was, but uh, Killian Murphy is going to play Robert Oppenheimer for Nolan. Huh? Yeah. Weird, right? So what? Yeah. Killian What's... Murphy and and Nolan told Universal if you want the movie I get a whole ton like a literal ton of money and you can't release anything like three weeks before or three weeks after the Robert Oppenheimer biopic that's dropping at the end of July 2023. Wow, he really he's really serious about this biopic. You should Damn. you should dig you should dig into the the kind of conditions there because it's absolutely insane. <laughs> What was, like, the best condition? Was there one that stood out to you as, like, really needed a hairdresser on set at all times? Oh, so I don't think there perfect, was anything, like... like Nolan quaffed. I don't think there was, like, a brown M&M's. Well, brown M&M's is a red flag for safety reasons. <laughs> but there was nothing on that level of, like, silly. I think the release window was wild. He's very specific. He just hates trolls, too, and smir- whatever, whatever the hell Universal makes. What do they make? They make Fast and Furious, right? Oh, uh, yeah, they have theme parks. But that's in June, anyway. Hmm. Anyway, also, uh, so that's the news. I think that movie might be pretty good. I don't know. I'm cautious, but I mean, if he... Tenet is technically a small-scale film. Technically, 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 yeah, technically, yeah, technically. Yeah. I agree. But honestly, the last small-scale film that he's made, the that I can think of, was Insomnia. So here's hoping he has he does something like that, I guess. Really dig into those older I have uh, wrapped them up in garbage bags. Destroyer of worlds. Al Pacino as Albert Einstein. <laughs> mm. 
Yo, that would be so good. <laughs> That'd be so good. Oppenheimer is a movie that rest in peace, and we love him obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, talk about early two thousands dramatic Robin Williams in an Oppenheimer <gasps> oh my biopic. Goodness. Oh my goodness! I, I don't that care is... who you are. We're going to launch those mm-hmm. missiles, Robert. <laughs> I want this. We're going now. to launch them, whether you. And then I'm going to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. Now you're saying it's. He has to say it, you have to say it breathy and like you're surprised to see it. Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> it's a little lilt. At is the this end. the good guy? <laughs> Best part of that movie is that is that that is not a good guy by far. No, it is that, not. Uh, kids holding. No, sir. <laughs> um, before we get into kind of what we've been watching and stuff, I want to get out in front of mm. everything else and I want to tell you guys about the rest of Ammonite Horror Nights because. One of the titles is a new release that is coming out the Friday after this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared, would you like to ah. explain to people what you've done with next week's show? What did I do with next week's show? You've, you picked them. You requested specifically. Mm. Mm. I liken it to a prank <laughs> get a knock on the door kevin gets a knock on the door expecting us to record a new pod and instead he gets a flaming bag of shit he stomps it out and then he gets another one thrown at his face oh, and that's God. what our next week is going to be did we announce that do we announce the titles let's last week? do we're doing it now okay the titles we are going to be watching we're going to be watching jason x and ghosts of mars that's right classic classic early 2000s new metal pieces of crap friend of the show Corey rabia calls ghosts of mars one of the twizziest movies of all time twizzy Twizziest. is like uh slipknot tailgate core i wish i could describe the face i'm making because that's perfect crawling in my skin these wounds they cannot heal not slipknot it's gonna but rule. same vibe gonna rule so hard uh, and you can catch ghosts of mars on stars which is the most twizzy possible streaming service to watch a movie is the Stars app that barely works. Oh. And oh, yes. you can watch Jason X on God's DVD. No, no, it's on Peacock. Oh dear. Yeah, <laughs> you can it? watch you can watch Jason X on God's platform, not to be confused with America's platform. God's platform, mm. Peacock. <laughs> Jesus. What is who made that decision? Or do you think like Jason X was just attached to a title someone else wanted? They got a ton of stuff. I think they have all of Nightmare on Elm Street up too. So it's probably just for Thank Halloween. You. Oh. I don't know how many of the Friday the 13th movies they have. But if they have Jason X, I feel like they must have the other ones. I like to think of Jason X as the first soft reboot in media franchises. Right. Especially since it came out in 2000 and... I don't know. It, it's early 2000s. Like it's, later, it's a little later than that. I think two or three really i could have sworn it was a little earlier like that really weird period like where just things got grimy also i realize what i'm talking about oops <laughs> it is 2001 jared so that is next week that is next week mm-hmm. ghosts of mars and jason x gulp and then we're bringing it all back home with a <laughs> yes kevin I know exactly how David Byrne feels getting dragged into the bushes. It really is uh-oh. an uh oh moment. So that is the show for October twentieth. Then October twenty seventh, we are doing a triple feature special. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing John Carpenter's legendary Halloween. 
Mm-hmm. David Gordon Green's beloved and less legendary Halloween 2018. And then the brand new release, Halloween Kills. Very big deal. I got a fun, got a fun confession when it comes to the Halloween movies. I've seen none of them. It's time, Jared. I'm so excited. It's uh, it's about time I watch one of the greatest movies ever made. You know, just casually slip slip it on one day. I only watched it for the first time last year, but it really is held up. I mean, not to spoil the entire show, but you'll you'll see. I think Halloween Kills is really the big the big question mark on that one. That will be very interesting. So just to let people know where you can stream this stuff. This week's movies: Shaun of the Dead is on TNT and TBS with a cable login. <laughs> Which, which is like the worst possible way. It's like watching a movie through a peephole in your neighbor's fence. It's like so terrible. Kevin, for the people under the age of 16, describe cable for them. Oh my God. Cable was like, what if you couldn't choose what to watch on Netflix? So you had to like be around to watch something on TV or, you know, your rich neighbor had DVR or something. We never had DVR. But but that's but that was more of my parents didn't understand the utility of it more than mm. more than the money. Um, mm. So you could you could watch it that way. The worst possible way to watch a movie. Um, Evil Dead Two was on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. That's how I watched it. It's an awesome way to watch anything. Ghosts of Mars on Stars. Jason X on Peacock. Uh, Halloween is available on the Roku channel as well as Shutter. <laughs> The Roku channel is free with commercials and is actually pretty good. To be completely honest, we should be... Everyone should get Shudder. Shudder is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a really good platform. It has... Oh, goodness. One Cut of the Dead, which I've been dying to see. I've only heard about it. I've seen snippets, and it's like, damn, who do I know with Shudder? Looks like somebody's going to have to wait 360 days. Damn, yeah. that's a lot of days. We'll do that next year, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm down for that. Halloween 18 is up on FX Movies again. It's like looking through a peephole in your neighbor's uh, fence. Uh, just rent it. Just rent Shaun of the yeah. Dead. Just rent Halloween 18. They're worth it, although I haven't seen Halloween 18. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, and then Halloween Kills is going up day and date on Peacock this Friday, as you're just listening to this, October 15th. It'll also be mm-hmm. in theaters. So if you feel safe, if you want to do that, I highly encourage you to go to the movie theater if you feel comfortable doing so. But if you don't, that's okay. Um, all right. What else? Is it time to get started? Oh, what you been watching, Jared? Um, to be honest, not as much as I wanted to. But I did watch, uh, I did finally get around to Aquaman, the uh, James Wan movie. What? Yeah, I've, I've never actually seen that movie prior to five days, four days ago. Which actually seems appropriate, because there are a lot of really good horror elements and, you know, directed by James Wan. But, um, I liked the world-building aspects to it a lot more than I thought I would. It had a lot of, um, not, I'm, I, this is just a very loose comparison, but Black Panther and Aquaman sit in very similar spaces for me, just because of very broad, it's about, a, it's about a king who's having difficulty with that. Sure. But I feel like Black Panther had a, had a lot of focus on, obviously between the hidden kingdom of uh, Wakanda and the outside world where like Aquaman had that over overarching we hate the surface dwellers but also had like all these like kingdoms that were feuding and like the fish people the mermaids the trench which I thought was really cool it um it took a lot of the lot of the cool stuff from the Aquaman comics and 
put it in a way that felt like real world building but also utilized to advance the story like i mean ultimately the trench was optioned to be made into like a standalone movie which i hope doesn't get made There's i think i think they've already the killed it oh thank god because the trench it works as this weird like nebulous scary thing that exists in aquaman's little universe right. and i thought it was utilized perfect there and i hope that was james wan's choice and not just an executive going we need the trench so we can make a movie. And James Wan going, well, crap. No, I think what happened I, there was the movie came out at Christmas and made a boatload mm-hmm. of money with no explanation as to how that happened. Because even when you watch it, it's like this nine-hour-long movie is scary as hell. It's, uh, and, and it, it's a weird movie. It doesn't feel like a wide swing the way that like a Wonder Woman or even a Shazam does. Mm-hmm. It, that, yeah, actually, that's a very good point. Going into Wonder Woman, we saw Wonder Woman together right. ages ago. Opening um, night, baby, IMAX. Oh, man, that was fun. We lo- looking at each other and going like, this is good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this movie's yeah. great? Third yeah. act is what it is, but this is a, this is a lot of fun. I, I, saw, I saw parts of Shazam, but I didn't get through it. I was very tired. I just turned it off. Um, but even that, I was watching it and just like, wow, I, I like this. This is very charming. And I felt, and I did not feel like that with Aquaman. With Aquaman, it was like straight going in. I was like, oh yeah, this is just going to be what it is. And that's great. You, I wasn't tiptoeing my way into it. And it might've just been because Justice League came out and uh, Momoa was a charming, weird, goofy guy and that, that going in was like, okay, I know who Aquaman is. Now I see his world. Whereas Wonder Woman, well, Gal Gadot is certainly... A person standing in a room and we didn't see anything from Shazam so I couldn't expect anything from there yeah fair yeah. enough I feel like Shazam will see more of it coming up in the build up to the Black Adam movie mm-hmm. um, that's exciting. I think the sequel's coming out first probably to set up that stuff so that's or I think one is coming out before the other but I'm not sure which hmm I personally am hoping for Black Adam just cause I love I love The Rock you do like love him. The Rock he's a delightful guy I was on, and you know, uh, and and you know, Southland Tales. Oh, we do love. Oh, come, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Um, I had a question about Aquaman. Did yeah. you? How did you feel going into this movie, having seen the hilarious Amber Heard Willem Dafoe scene from Zack Snyder's Justice League that we had to wait three years to see? Um, I don't really remember that scene. In oh my god! Zack it's Justice it's League. the slightest thing ever. Like Willem Dafoe and Amber Heard are there, and they're like mm-hmm. Aquaman. There's unrest in the uh, there's unrest in the water, and he goes like he's like whatever about it. It's literally <laughs> just there. The like it's a teaser for the standalone. There's unrest in the water. Jason Momoa lets out a big blast of fart in the water and says, "Yeah, me." Drinks whiskey and then goes home. Essentially, yeah. I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. I'm going to watch the gray version at some point and lose my mind. Oh, Justice is Gray. Oh, uh, seems like a perfect movie to talk over. Mm. Anyway. Uh, ooh. So, what have you been watching, Kev? Yeah, so I had the opposite problem where I've actually been watching a ton of stuff. Oh, good. Um, what do I want to talk about? On Sunday, I caught this new uh, French movie, Titan, that won the Palme d'Or. This ooh, body horror movie. Um, I thought mm-hmm. it was fine. It's probably not for me. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it starts off as one movie, 
and very quickly and radically shifts into another movie. Both of those movies are great. I don't know what they're doing together, and they don't make sense together to me. Interesting. Um, so I didn't, I mean, I got it, but I didn't like it very much. I, I thought it was like, oh man, now I finally know what it's like to be on the receiving end of one of my recommendations. <laughs> it's like, oh, is this what people see in like Wes Anderson shit? Because this is like, I'm feeling like uh, my father just saw this movie. I'm like, like I understand it, but I, d- I didn't, I didn't like it respond didn't to it. You. Hey, I get it though. It's a very well-made movie, but uh mm. Hey, man, if it wasn't for you, then it wasn't for you. That's true. Uh, so that's to 10. It was all right. I don't have a lot to say about it besides that. Um, I revisited Casino Royale because I am, A, because Bond is, I'm, I'm seeing Bond tomorrow morning. But um, Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to be sick. But uh, I was on Rankings last week. Mm-hmm. If you want to go check that out, I was on the episode. They talked about who would be the next Bond. Mm-hmm. I asked you about it, and your answer was Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Which, A, like the broccoli family has already said he's going to be a white Brit male forever. Yeah. And the yeah. rock is, the rock is certainly a, a man. <laughs> he certainly has at least one quality there. It would be, it would be a massive, like, could you imagine also being Idris Elba and hearing that? Oh my God. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but, uh, it reminded me about kind of how far we've come in the action landscape over the last, mm-hmm. you know, how long has it been? 15, 15 years? He's 2005, so... 2006. 2006. I mean, they announced Pretty in 05 sure. is why. But, yeah, but okay, that's fair. It's been a long time. You know, think about Mission Impossible has totally changed. Fast and Furious has totally changed. We have John Wick. Mm-hmm. We have Atomic Blonde. We have all these different action... The Matrix is back. Like, we have all sorts of these different... Indiana Jones is coming back. The MCU. The MCU. That's right. The, the world has totally changed. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting to see how the Broccoli family proceeds in, in casting, I don't know, um, anybody. My pitch was Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy's good. I, but, mm. but again, I, I don't know. Is he too fam- Like, the problem I had with a lot of the, the picks on the show was that it was, like, too interesting, too artsy, wouldn't want to get trapped down in it or um i don't know what was my last point i I don't even remember what it was but but it was like it's it's tough i think henry golding was a choice that was really good do you know him he's from crazy rich asians he's in snake eyes the gi joe movie go ahead I was going to keep you talking so I could uh, Google him and oh. say yes. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, look, man, you can Google whatever. This is a show. But but they said um, they were pretty insistent on the Henry Golding. I think it was number one on somebody's list, and I, I could see that. Interesting. Interesting. Besides the fact that Bond has to be a uh, Brexit supporter or whatever they think. Just, yeah. Or whatever. Like, let's get out and talk about it, right? Like, this is what it's about for them is... is <laughs> Bond, does 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 a bond support bongland if yes good if no fuck you my god but casino royale was a reminder of how far we've come and, and how much i want the new bond to lean into all the stuff that was missing and the stuff that mm-hmm. it took years for craig to get back to because they wanted to restart and start fresh um, yep. although they killed their own momentum with quantum of solace because of the writer strike and specter because it sucks um, mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that this movie, which is two hours and 49 minutes fucking long, is uh, sticks the landing. I don't know. 
Hmm, do you think they're gonna lean into, like, nostalgia, sentimentality for Daniel Craig? Do you think he's gonna come out of the water and we'll have to see his, like, muscular, but muscular for a 50-year-old body? I absolutely guarantee that I'll be staring at uh, the IMAX screen at his giant building-sized grandpa abs for for five minutes. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Casino Royale. I don't really have, again, it's a, it's a brilliant classic movie. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen, amazing to think about how far he's come in the 15 years since. Um, Ava Green is in it. Judy Dench rules these movies, but is particularly good with Craig. I think they, they, they put M in because everything's gritty and everything's faster paced. They gave a lot of actiony kind of stuff in both sky, the, the good ones, uh, to M. Mm. Mm. I think so. It made me just want a movie where M and Q and Ray Fiennes have like have to go on an adventure to find a captured Bond, at least for the cold open. Oh, that's a like, really good Money idea. Penny, Q and M team up to go out in the field and uh, and rescue Bond, at least for a cold open. Ooh, that'd be like a good. Um, honestly, that'd be a good way to pull like an Indiana Jones, have the cold open be completely divorced from the plot, and just do something cool demonstrate right. the right although i do love a good bond cold open that skyfall oh that skyfall cold open is so good i need to rewatch that i don't bond I don't gets shot that. and he's falling in the water and then the titles mm. come up and it starts with the amazing the adele incredible skyfall song okay i was thinking of a different movie no that intro rock the casino royale so one cool. is like uh the guy comes in bond earns yeah, his license to kill because he assassinates mm-hmm. the two guys is the cold open that's cool. Um, God, I, I actually, uh, I actually, first time I saw Casino Royale was earlier this year. Oh, really, dude? I know, I know. So good. The, it's great. The, again, Skyfall and Casino Royale are like, despite. I mean, there's a lot of problematic stuff in there, obviously, because James Bond is inherently problematic. But uh, let me tell you, James Bond, Chef's kiss. When James, when James Bond is good, he's great. And it's and it's you know it's only about eight or nine movies. So, what a short series compared to the 25 other... Compared to 25, 8 isn't bad. Hmm. Um, so, that's Casino Royale. Pretty good. A.K.A. Watch Beef. Casino Royale, A.K.A. Beef. If you know, you know. Sorry, I needed that clean. That's for that's for friend of the show, Josh Burton. <laughs> um, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to talk is. about on the show... I watched uh, the second episode of Ultraman kind of after we recorded. He's barely in it, so that kind of pissed me off. I wanted to see more Ultraman. There's like two seconds of a kaiju fight, and the kaiju was decent, but but uh, but Ultraman, nowhere to be found. Oh, you're hitting the budget part. Yeah. I right. realize, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so that's fine. And then the last movie I wanted to talk about was I'm continuing the Rocky journey. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but I... I am working up to Creed for a reason I will reveal later this month. Sure. And uh, I watched Rocky Four. Rocky Four is Rocky Four is righteous. Fuck yeah! Um, I didn't like it as much as the. I think I think it's like my ranking right now is three, one, four, and then a golf, and then two. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think four is a different type of movie that that. I was waiting for the franchise pivot, you know, like MI3 became the franchise and then Fast Five became the franchise. I was waiting for that in Rocky Three, and, and instead you got this really brilliant kind of closed circuit story. Mm-hmm. And so Rocky Four is just total gibberish. Like he ran out of reasons to beat up Muhammad Ali. So now he's at his mm-hmm. kitchen table reading about, you know, 
uh, Russian boxers in the Olympics or whatever caused him to. Gorbachev. Hey, out there down your wall. Hey. I think two things happened to inspire Rocky IV. He's at his kitchen table and he's reading about Gorbachev and the wall. Or whoever, sorry if it's not Gorbachev. And then he got a personal invitation to suck Ronald Reagan's dick and he said, asked for seconds. Okay, three things happened. And then three, he got his kid the robotic operating buddy from Nintendo. Oh my god. Because if you remember, for no reason, for no reason... Paulie gets a robot and he falls in love with the robot. How'd you, how'd you teach you to talk like that? She loves me. <laughs> it's better than Polly's usual behavior, which is just like beyond the pale racism. Take her to the zoo. Oh uh, that was hey no, that wasn't him. That was the uh, Lone Shark's driver. Oh sure, but hey, but look, he it's... was a party to it. All right, he's Polly. Yeah. It's his sister, man. Yeah, yeah, Polly is extremely racist all throughout he's terrible he's never redeemed he's just an asshole um so i loved the montages the ending the endless montages i think that was my favorite i think my favorite one is actually the clip show um hearts on fire or the instrumental first one i'm the first one where rocky is about to go to russia and he's reflecting on the journey that took him there and so we too um, because this 94-minute movie couldn't be any shorter, uh, this movie had to have a clip show showing us Rocky 1, 2, and 3 again. Oh, my God. Which, like, people say they watch these movies, like, over Thanksgiving weekend or whatever on TV. Kids, cable television, again, the power of cable TV. Um, <laughs> but, like, could you imagine? Then you have to watch this five-minute montage of clips from the first three. A killer. Jesus. But But I thought it was really well done. And the worst part is if you take it out, if you take that like montage out, the pacing goes straight to hell. That's right. And you just jump. And there's nothing. Did um did Stallone talk about uh well, you sent me a trailer for the director's cut. That's right. In a couple weeks, Stallone is going to be showing off the robotless director's cut. But then there's a plot hole because because uh, the robot the robot, the robot is babysitting the children at the end, which which. Who, who, who's watching those kids? <laughs> this robot, like, like we didn't learn much about the robot, and Stallone for years has been like, I'm working on Rocky Four director's cut. There's no robot. I'd be, re- I'd be really disappointed if he made it into a good movie. That would kind of suck. I don't think Rocky Four. I think that there's a movie in there that's that's as good as Rocky Three. You think so? Um, maybe there's enough raw footage to just put in there. <laughs> Because I re- I appreciate Rocky Four as this insane. I'm not, I can't find the right word for it. It is it is Sylvester Stallone's Southland Tales, but instead of being oh, yes. about Iraq War era despair, it's about how great it is to be an American, an American under Ronald Reagan. Yeah, it's really I like I was trying to find a very specific word, but it's it's not it's the least cynical piece of propaganda America has ever been been in he genuinely believes in this stuff and obviously i'm i'm not i'm that's not my thing but i but for the sheer fact that he believes so hard in it and wants to depict it i think that's valuable seeing an artist really churn something like this out he hates communism as much as he hated muhammad ali in 1971 it turns out yep uh golly gulp golly so yeah so rocky four you know, robotless director's cut coming in a few weeks. I think I'm going to go. 
It's like a Thursday night. Oh, sick. I think oh, I might go. When is it? I'll let you know. We'll we'll talk about it after the show. I think it's like uh, let me take a look. I think it's like the eleventh. Yeah, it's Thursday, November eleventh. I'd be down. That might I'm be gonna... something interesting to think about for November. We'll talk about it after. We'll talk about it. Yeah. All right. So Rocky Four on HBO Max now. I mean, uh, you should go and watch Rocky Three. Is my opinion of Rocky Four. Although I, I enjoyed it, it's mm. just not as good as Rocky Three. Uh, I do applaud the restraint Stallone uses to not show us the match when when the movie started and it was like revealed that they were going to show they were showing us just like rocky 2 showed Mm -hmm. the ending the aftermath of the fight the first Mm -hmm. match i was nervous that it was like it actually gives us a lot of the end of rocky 2 wait no i'm I'm misspoke sorry i'm completely misspeaking the first the rocky 2 and rocky 3 show us the aftermath of the finales of the of both movies, right? Because they continue mm-hmm. pretty much right where the other one left off. So yep. when they were back in the private garage there or whatever, the private uh, ring, I was so nervous that they were going to show us the match. And thank God Stallone had some sense in his brain while he was making this movie. <laughs> some. Uh, yeah. Ding, ding, it's stallion. A, it's, a sacred, it's a sacred contract between the two men. Uh. Um, but yeah, I liked Rocky Four. I think I gave it three, three and a half stars on Letterboxd. I think it's like a good movie. It's it's also a very specific type of movie. Mm. Um, I do think that the death of Apollo Creed is a massive mistake and probably leads to whatever Rocky Five looks like, which is tough. I'll tell you something more about uh, Rocky Balboa after related to the death of Creed. Oh, no. All right. We'll talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really what I've been watching, you know. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing will be uh, Dune Pod on Monday was John Carpenter's The Thing. So I watched that in 4K. Holds up. Not a lot of notes. Uh, feels like something we'll have more to talk about next summer. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe. But uh, I love that movie. No notes. I have never seen it because it is. I know it will genuinely frighten me. I know, I know, it's a me movie, but I'm look. I look at scenes. I've seen, I've seen scenes, and it's like, no, I'm gonna piss myself. It's very scary. If you don't know what's coming, it's very scary. I'm gonna piss yourself. I'm that scared. Oh God, that's true. So I don't know. Besides that, I think I'm good. I'm ready to get into the features. You ready to get into the features here? Let's do some features. Uh, Would you like to flip the half dollar to let us know what we're getting in here? Getting into here. I'm not gonna tell you what side is heads and what side is tails until you flip it, because that's part of the show. Where'd I put it? That's not good. I actually like that damn thing. Found it. All right. I got my coin. I'm ready to flip. All right. Whenever you're ready. Call it. Tails. Heads. All right. So the first movie we'll be talking about is Edgar Wright's classic, Shaun of the Dead. A movie Mm -hmm. that came out and really turned everybody on their head unless they were watching spaced but how would you have watched that here me a 12 year old how would i have seen spaced your guess is as good as mine um the synopsis for sean of the dead edgar wright's 2004 film sean lives in a supremely uneventful life which revolves around his girlfriend his mother and above all his local pub this gentle routine is threatened when the dead return to life and make strenuous attempts to snack on ordinary londoners Um, so I'm going to say up front also, I should have said this before we flipped, but Jared and I love these movies. 
Oh yeah. No news here. Water wet, sky blue, Shaun of the Dead. Phenomenal. Come on, look at this episode title. (laughs) Um, I think we should just say our score is straight up. Oh yeah, both of these movies are five stars. Yeah, I will say Shaun of the Dead is a four point five, but only for very small nitpicky reasons that I'll make clear. But I'll have you know that when it's not a 4.5, it's a 5. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Uh, so, Jared, what is your history with Shaun of the Dead? Goodness. Um, well, to start, um, I don't have much of a history with uh, Edgar Wright's movies. I love his movies, but I have never, <clears throat> I've never had like a one of those like periods where I was just really into his work and like analyzed it. Sure. Um, Hot Fuzz is one of my favorite favorite satires. I love that movie to death. Shaun of the Dead is phenomenal. First, first of his movies I've seen. I saw it when I was probably sixteen, and I watched it every every few years since then. It's great. You can return to it any time, and you'll love it. Yeah, pretty much the same. You know, I haven't seen it since that time. I bought it on Blu-ray in college, but even so, I don't mm-hmm. think I. I don't think I've gone back until until now. And it's amazing how well it has aged in that time. Oh, yeah. For a movie made in 2004. Yeah. I, I thought it was earlier. For a movie made in 2004, this could have been made yesterday. I think somebody, I think at some point, Nick Frost maybe uses some words on purpose as an attempt to illustrate how immature the character of Ed is. But uh, besides that, which he wouldn't I mean, do today. Although, I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's aged great. Oh, yeah. There's never any, like, weird 2000 anachronisms. Like, you don't you don't get anything that dates it. Everything feels very, very modern, and especially with the ending, which we'll go over, prescient. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you mean, <laughs> you mean the characters who decide to live with the horrible things that have happened that are out of their control because they're not going to change, dude? Golly, it's almost as if you're reading my mind. <laughs> it's almost as if we it's almost as if we've been in New York City for the past year and a half. Yeah, going on two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but, Yeah. Uh yeah, I love this movie. I'm Oh gosh. I did want to note that the very start, um uh, what's the what's the douchebag's douchebag roommate's name? It's like Nick or something. Very common asshole name but he specifically said hey i remember when college when we would stay up late and drink apple schnapps and play tekken 2 man i want to do that that is such an actual experience these people had i want to drink apple schnapps and play tekken 2 in college yeah i know what you mean i mean i i did that for a couple weeks not tekken 2 but you know (laughs) yeah it's a bit overrated yeah yeah, it gets there um (laughs) what else what is your uh so, watching it now, what's the thing that stands out about it the most? To you, I mean. To me, it's that Edgar Wright um, walked into directing films completely. Like, there is no... Some directors, there was like a couple of... Mo- you can't hear me? I can't hear you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay, good. good. <laughs> the thing that stuck out the most to me this time was how great Edgar Wright was from the start. Usually, you know, a lot of directors come in and they have to do a couple of movies before, you know, mm-hmm. um, but Edgar Wright, because he had worked on space and some other things, knows exactly what he's doing from second one of this movie, from the first needle drop of that, like, dun, 
that track from second one he knows exactly what he's doing and that's evident if it wasn't evident there with that needle drop it's in the pub scene where he brilliantly like doesn't scare you but he surprises you in the same in the same chemical way like your brain receives it as the same it would a scare with the reveal Mm -hmm. of ed at the table and then like it starts with sean at the does it start sean and uh they're at the table and then it reveals Ed, and then it reveals David and Die. Just that, just that is brilliant. And then on the second time you watch the film, the realization that everything about it is mirrored. Everything about Sean's day, his dreary day, is mirrored. Is also mm-hmm. just like absolutely brilliant. It's all those little things like that that I loved. Um, it is probably one of the most confident movies I've ever seen. Like, straight confidence in what you're doing, how you're doing it, and why. And not just not just from, like, a first film perspective, just from any film. Like, outside of, like, you know, Christopher Nolan, like, late period Nolan, like, Interstellar, Inception, where, like, he knows his language, he knows how to speak it, and he knows how to make sure you understand him. Wright knew it from the start. It didn't. Ta- it took him this, and you go, "Oh yes, this guy knows exactly what he's doing forever." You knew it was cool. You knew it was going to be cool, and now here it is. And oh, big surprise! It's the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah. The everyone talks about like his editing, which yes, brilliant. I think this is one of the tightest scripts. I would not. I'm going to compare it to Back to the Future, which is actually where why I think of it as a 4.5 over a 5 at times because both of them are perfect scripts everything relates to each other it's everything pays off in a perfect way back to the future does it a little more seamlessly and makes it feel like something you're watching Shaun of the dead because like a lot of it was jokes back and forth back and forth that do pay off and do feed into the general plot there are points where it feels like a lot and it feels constructed and i i for there are a handful of times for me um i'm trying to think of like specific ones where i was pulled out of the film because i realized oh it's a film sure and you know this the scene where they um the the two survivor groups meet up oh the bizarro jerry that's like my favorite scene in the whole movie oh bizarro jerry oh yeah like all what well, like yeah when they the yvonne or whatever his name her name is right right i thought that was hilarious it also just made me blink you know what I mean? I get what you're saying. It's it's like I feel I feel bad about it because it's a, it's funny as hell. Have you ever seen the DVD extras of this? I should lend I the Blu-ray not. to you. So they, uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg took a lot of pride in the organization of this movie. Oh, I, they I broke would too. the story out on these giant easels, mm-hmm. so you could track like. And this was like film school for me. Like the, again, 15 years ago, this was like film school, but it was like going through every single plot beat and the setups and payoffs are very neatly organized, which is to your point, honestly, because it does feel very neat. And the more you watch it, it it becomes evident that this is organized and it's a trick. It's a trick to the point to the, it's a much better version of the mystery box because at least it's fun to go on the adventure over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's, Unlike a movie, say, like a Zucker movie, where you see new things each time, with this movie, 
you appreciate them more. Right. They become stronger in your head and you laugh at them harder because you know it's coming, but it's just so damn funny and you love it each time. It just grows in your head. Right. It's well done. Yeah, I oh. mean I mean I agree, although that is my that is my favorite scene. The the uh the two groups running into each other, having that awkward hello, and they all just act the same. And I they think. all have the alternate versions of themselves that they all have to... It's literally the Bizarro Jerry scene from that episode of Seinfeld where, like, mm-hmm. Elaine has new friends who are all very... They're the exact same. They look the exact same, but they're positive and, like, fun and supportive. Oh, so good. Have you ever seen that? I have not. Oh, that's dude. Why I, I didn't... Oh, that's actually really funny. It's amazing. <sighs> Um, but there's a scene where our our Seinfeld characters meet the Bizarro characters, and it's the exact same shot of them like like looking into the eye of someone who is you, but vastly different. Like here, here it's just here it's just for humor. But I gotta watch a, the, that episode then, Bizarro Jerry, because I'm very curious. Yeah, it's really good. Mirror Universe. Oh, man, what if um, Edgar Wright directed a Mirror Universe episode of Star Trek? You know, um, unfortunately, I don't want to get into it. I don't (laughs) want to get into it. The hate mail we'd receive from, I don't know, could you imagine someone we know uh, like Star Trek and we just didn't know about it? And then we just get hate mail on, like, shows I've never seen. (laughs) I don't know. I heard Picard is boring. Ooh. Um, Why? How dare you talk shit about Voyager? <laughs> um, going into just some of my notes here, I agree. So I'm 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 with you on the construction of the movie. It works for me because I mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that it sometimes feels like a movie or like a ride or whatever because yeah. because I admire that so much. And again, when you see that feature, I'll send it to you if it's on YouTube or I'll lend you the disc next time I see you. But uh, it really does add a lot to the appreciation of it. I believe that like a little more will add a lot of context that will make me appreciate it more. And it's not even like to the detriment of the film. It's more just a personal like, okay, I was brought out. Sure. I'm sure, honestly, I'm sure not the next time, but the time after I watch it, that's when it'll be full five out of five. I appreciate it fully and I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah. But... What did you think of the more visceral stuff? Like the... Oh, like- the the super innovative used a bunch of times now the zooming in to do mundane things i i think it holds up the today. almost ramy esque like zooming in to pick up a cup of coffee it i love it and i think it still works today as something intense and as a piece of humor at least within this movie i like but how Buzz does it too i mean way. i i think this way about the whole movie but i was just surprised the word of the day is effective mm mm-hmm. mhm I was yes. surprised at how effective this movie is as like a thrilling experience. You know, I mean, obviously you grow to love the characters and you're worried about them in the way you're worried about Ash. And, mm-hmm. and you know, to some extent, that guy from Dracula who was like, oh, I'll protect you or whatever. Or the way you the way you th- think about the monster at the end of Frankenstein to an extent, yeah. although you're terrified of him. Yeah, um, I thought I thought that. um Again, the showing of the extra zoom into the mundane act was a bit of a subvert, felt like a subversion of the Raimi, which we'll get to, where mm. it was like, I'm I'm on a roller coaster, but the roller coaster is to turn on the TV or to check your email at work or something like that. So that was great. I 
I feel like that comes to a head with the Bill Nye reveal also early in the movie where where um, he's the stepdad. Yes. This is actually the second appearance of Bill Nye on this show. Because oh just a couple of years after Shaun of the Dead, he would put on a, about 1,800 pounds of uh, squid tentacles on his face, and he would become Davy Jones. But for now, he is the stepdad. That... That was... I did. I wanted to bring this up because I thought it was the first... Um, when I Phillip. first watched it, and now... Yeah, Philip. I thought it was... It was incredible how they balanced the dramatic aspects, the tragic aspects, and wrapped it together in comedy that never, like, it never cheapened anything. Everything worked perfectly. You threw it into a stew, and the cook knew exactly what he was doing. No, exactly. It's a it's an absolute perfect blend. There's a um, there's a term in uh, I'm I apologize to anyone who's familiar with um. Indian cinema, Bollywood, etc. There's a term I came across one night long while ago, masala film. And Indian movies, it's um, a masala film is you take all elements of many different things, action, comedy, romance, f- put it into it, put it in, mix it up. You got us, you got a spice. You got a stew going. Yeah. Thank thank you, uh, Apollo Creed. Um, but yeah. And the point is like you throw you put as many things in and take those unique aspects and make them work with each other. It's not just like a um Batman Begins. That is an action movie. It has elements of horror, romance, tragedy, but let's be honest here. That is action first and foremost. Shaun of the Dead is a comedy. It's also a tragedy. It's also a romance. It's also a coming of age. It's horror. Zombie can't really pin down what it is in one phrase it's all of those things and all those things are very important and that's how i always took a masala film also uh masala films are technically they have musical numbers and go on for like three hours so Shaun of the dead didn't have that but you know i would argue there is a musical number (laughs) panic on the streets of london that too i'm thinking of uh we'll get to it Yes, having a good time, having a good time. Having a good time. Oh my god, you're right. Time. Oh my gosh, maybe it is a masala film. Um, but I really think that that's embodied in the Bill Nye, the Philip, the stepdad, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. he gets a absolutely hilarious, you're nervous about the first shot, but then it's immediately funny. And then you try to relate to and grow to, you try to come to understand their bond. And then mm-hmm. it's tragic that he's bitten, but then it's funny again. That they have the running gag of like, oh, he's sick, etc. And then it's it's nerve-wracking, but also kind of funny that he's packed in the car like that. Mm-hmm. And then his his death is, of course, super sad as well. It also adds a bit of humor in that he's a zombie in the car that he loves so much. The ja- uh, whatever whatever brand of car that is. It's the Jaguar. Brand. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Donald... <laughs> Uh, Don Draper, thank you for teaching me what a jaguar is. Jaguar. Um, also, in that scene, it does hint that the zombies have more personality than they're letting on when he leans forward and turns off the music. It's a yes. joke. It's a joke, but it adds on to later when um, at the very end of the movie, which actually makes everything more all the more horrifying. 
But yeah, perfectly constructed. Everything has a very specific point. And it goes beyond its initial point. Turns off music. That's for humor. It also says informs. Him getting locked in the car. It's funny. Also adds on to the character. And this is this is his stepdad. This is the main character's stepdad who has like five scenes, I think. Yeah, he doesn't really have a lot of material, but his full arc is like awesome. And you remember yeah. him at least for that one open... First of all, it's Bill Nye, like, come on. Yeah. But like, you remember him because of that initial joke at least. Mm-hmm. Of the reveal of like, oh, it's Philip. <laughs> oh, it's Philip. Um, so that's great. Speaking of Panic on the Streets of London, I did note that scene, one of my favorites in the movie, the uh, the channel flipping, telling Sean the news, but it's not always news. It's intercut with, again, the, the Morrissey and like the sports footage. Everything, everything forms a full sentence, but, you know, Sean is too busy being distracted by his love life to notice. It's so good. Which, seemed, which is a pretty big theme of like, you know, focusing on the self over paying attention to your surroundings because let's be honest here going to get his his um mom and stepdad was the right move because you know stepdad was bitten but you know he probably they probably should have gone up to the apartment and stayed there instead of going to the winchester oh my god um and that also put that also plays later you know that's right. I mean, when they get to the Winchester, it's basically for nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if Everyone they had dies. Just, everybody dies except Sean, Ed. Like, Ed, Ed is a lot. Ed is like a... He plays video games. That's about <laughs> it. Like, like Ed gets bit. Sean and Liz... I mean, Sean and Liz end up together, which is great. Yep. But it's like, at what cost? They could have all just holed up in the apartment. And none of that would have happened. One thing that this movie does that most zombie-related things need to address, you don't see zombies go up or downstairs. Yeah, that's true. And that is very important. Because have you ever been so drunk your brain is trying to remember what's happening ever? That is what a zombie is times two. And zombies... Look, if you're that level, you can't. Your level of that of that level of drunk, you cannot get upstairs. If you're double that, you're done. You're sitting on the floor waiting for things to go off to like calm down. And I don't know. I think it adds that Sean didn't even think of that. It's like, oh, maybe we should go up somewhere high in like this apartment and stay there. No, he's an idiot. He's gonna go to what's familiar, even though there are windows everywhere. It's familiar, right. and that also plays into his character arc going to what's familiar ed not letting his uh girlfriend meet his uh parents he wants familiar comforts that safety and it dooms his family he grows up but at the co- but at what cost right and that's that's implement that and that's like fully the the sean going to work scene on both mm-hmm. days fully seal mm-hmm. that deal because like everyone else in london he too was a zombie just trying to get to wherever he has to in his in his routine it doesn't do like the oh we're the real zombies because we go to the mall oh jesus plays. christ but it play instead of doing something lame like that it's like we were just saying break out of your daily life right try to smell the flowers we get that in there yeah we get that in there but it's 
it plays to more of the theme of the piece than other times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put it that way. Um, just going down the rest of my notes here. The mom discovering the flowers. I think they're for me. Oh, that was so sweet. Brilliant. I love that. Oh, my God. That was so good. Um, and the bizarro. How it played out at the very uh, when she when she's is zombified. Yes, that Ugh. was so so well done. That it was like you forget that it's a zombie comedy in that moment just because of how well it's set up and how well it's performed. That whole Barbara, that whole build up, that whole third act is like you kind of forget a little bit coming out of the "Don't Stop Me Now." Oh yeah, you God, get you get right, your that's... what. I was just going to say, you're right. That was a musical part. That was the uh, the musical scene. You see what I mean? Um, which I, I think is brilliant. I mean, if there's one, I mean, but also it's been talked about so much now that it's just like, yeah. like, why are they tapping the guy? That's what bugged the hell out. If there's one thing that bugged the hell out of me, this, okay, let's talk about Don't Stop Me Now. If sure. there's one thing that bugged me about this watch, it was why are they tapping him like that? I know obviously it's because it's cool to do to Don't Stop Me Now. Yeah. It's a great song, and it revitalized that song big time, although didn't need a lot of revitalizing because it's awesome. <laughs> D, kill the queen. What? No, the, the jukebox! <laughs> I like that so much. So, so much. funny. But it's like... I don't know. I lo- I, but I, I, even like though I love that scene... Yeah, like why, why, are they hit, why are they tapping the guy very lightly? with? I mean, I know why, right? Because it's funny. Yeah. It's one of those. It's one of those moments where you have to just. It's a musical. You have to get really into what's being displayed and feel it. I love that I'm mansplaining a musical to you. <laughs> I know it is pretty funny. It feels like you know what this also feels like. This feels like an answer to that stupid uh, Richard Cheese down with the sickness in Dawn of the Dead, the Snyder. Oh goodness, it kind of does. It, doesn't it feels. It? it feels a little bit like okay. Well, you know, let's let's include a song and do a much better job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Yeah, the down with the sickness was not utilized well. It was just there because, I don't know, it's funny. I think. Um, let's see what else I got. Oh, so the the mom, the zombified mom, and all of that horror after "Don't Stop Me Now." You know, what a beautiful, what a beautiful, like beautifully done scene. Really tragic mm-hmm. scene. And then you get some David comedy before he's brutally torn apart horribly. David, David getting a got a weird amount of character that was not <laughs> played for la- that was played for laughs at the right time and was also played seriously and actually added to the character's conflict. Ah man, like what this movie really has going for it is that it knows exactly what it needs to be at any time. It knows why you're coming in. And so it says, here's something you didn't know you wanted. And we all go. Right. That's, I feel like we're, I feel like I'm just reiterating what I said, but with different words, because that's what it is. It's just constructed it's, in a way. Yeah. Like, that's one thing that I said that I can say the, some of those little, the little joke moments felt constructed. All of the moments of tragedy, coming of age, romance, that felt very good and genuine. I could, I could see that. Yes, this was constructed. But it never felt like that. Everything felt so natural and intelligently composed. It's cinema, baby. Hell yeah. This is cinema. Do you want to talk about how the ending was so cynically prescient that I almost, like, flipped my head? You know what it reminded me of this time? Uh, I had a weird, I had a very weird moment 
Sorry, ambulance. I don't want it to get picked up. Okay, so the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. 70 millimeter did the Babadook last week, so a lot of us got together in Discord and we all watched it together, you know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of struck me, the ending of the Babadook and the ending of Shaun of the Dead are kind of similar, although they're very different messages. I've um, never seen it. Oh, I'm not going to say it. it then. But oh, if you shoot. know, you know, the ending of the Babadook is not dissimilar to the end and the message of the end of Shaun of the Dead, which at the end of the day is life must go on. Um, I cannot get into it until you've seen the Babadook. I really wish I had asked that before we got on air. It's all good. Uh, um, well, I mean, you sold me. What else do I have here real quick as we're kind of rounding out our Shaun of the Dead talk? Uh, the payoff of fuck-a-doodle-doo when he sees the roommate. God, that was so good. When the roommate comes so out. Hard. And how about that, by the way, that this whole thing was to avoid the obviously zombified roommate who ended up biting Ed anyway at the end? Mm-hmm. It just kills me. It just That's sucks. So good. So good. Um, love the depiction of the Queen's army, right? Like Starship mm-hmm. Troopers style. The cavalry is finally here. Mm-hmm. If they had waited, if they had waited at the apartment, or if they had waited at mom's house, or if they had just not gone to the Winchester, right? But how many opportunities for Sean were cut off because he was going back to the Winchester? How mm-hmm. much growth was stunted by going back to the Winchester? And it kind of feels like that, except Harry Potter got ripped to shreds for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I'm just happy I wasn't the only one thinking of it. It doesn't help that he has a you know little accent. It is, I mean, he does, he does look like, I mean, the glasses, come on. The fact that no one, the fact that no one called that out is crazy. Oh, I have one note here. You know, turning 30 is not unlike a zombie outbreak. Oh, God, you're telling me, Jared. Been been staring at like, yeah, 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 you know. (laughs) Oh, man, that ending, that ending, though. I love I love the reprise the the kind of reprise of the changing channels, including mm-hmm. the Takeshi's Castle parody with the zombies. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yes, that was so good. Amazing. Ex- the exploitation of the infected infected masses for our entertainment and our yeah. workforce. Of course it is, though. And the worst part is, in this universe, they they don't even have people leaning out the windows to clap for them. Oh my god. That would actually happen. I feel like if you put that in a movie today, it would be too much. But I would totally put it in a movie. Oh, of course. Let's clap course. for the for the infected for the for the uh, the zombies rather. Oh my god, that would be way too much. But it would be it would be it would be perfect. Brutal. All right, Jared. Do you have anything else about Shaun of the Dead? Um, four point five, and a five at the same time. Yeah, I'm go. I'm full on five stars. This is an endure, enduring classic. Even the things that could be construed as flaws are classic and awesome. And uh, you've probably seen it. We just we just listed a bunch of things we liked in it. So I hope you've seen it. I if you haven't, then please go and then watch Hot Fuzz <laughs> right after. Um, Jared, do you have anything else before we go to break? That's it. Okay, so we are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about Sam Raimi's Evil Dead Two. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right, everybody, we are back. 
This is Ammonite Movie Night. We are here to discuss the fourth film in our Ammonite Horror Nights series, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead 2. Uh, before we get started, Jared, have you seen Evil Dead 1? The Evil Dead, rather? Uh, no, I have not, but I'm kind of assuming that this is kind of like the Mother series, where Mother 1 and Mother 2 are pretty much the same, but Mother 2... It's like a... It's a remake, but also a sequel, but also just a better crafted experience overall. Sure. So... I get what you mean. I, I feel the same way, because I also never saw Evil Dead, and I thought it'd be interesting, because we were talking about planning this stuff, I thought it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to approach Evil Dead 2 first, without seeing mm-hmm. the first one, like a lot of people did overseas, because the first one was banned for so long. Um, <laughs> because we've seen Army of Darkness as well, so we mm-hmm. have the opposite context yeah. Um, so we'll we'll get into the implications of Army of Darkness because they touch on because this movie sets up Army of Darkness. We'll get into that in a second. I just want to mm-hmm. go through uh, the Evil Dead Two, of course. Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi team up. The synopsis: Ash Williams and his girlfriend Linda find a log cabin in the woods with a voice recording from an archaeologist who had recorded himself reciting ancient chants from the Book of the Dead. <gasps> As they play the recording, an evil power is unleashed, taking over Linda's body. Which feels like, first of all, feels like the beginning of a synopsis. And also feels like the beginning of a detailed description of the plot. It's not a general... But then again, how could you describe this film? It's very interesting. It's, it condenses the first movie into the first 20 minutes. Then you have Ash. Then you just have Bruce Campbell acting and going insane i loved oh my god i love the way they just had the cast like a new cast just randomly enters the cabin (laughs) not gonna lie like i think that's an interesting way to handle it we everyone granted we we're coming from the future we're not in 1987 sure so we know ash is gonna be fine but like i don't know i'd like to think that you're watching bruce campbell and it's like no way we're gonna kill off the most interesting looking and acting person in this oh well yeah just like so you have side characters setting up their thing, and then you come back to Bruce Campbell doing goofy stuff when you get bored. And then you go back to the side characters, build them up. Then Bruce Campbell, he has to... He stabs his hand. It's... It keeps you interested, invested, and you get to get some... Expo- you get to expose it every so often. I have kind of a bombshell comparison here. I loved the loud, quiet, loud structure of the movie, where yeah. there's this incredible tension... And then you're scared. And Raimi even subverts this a few times. But it mm-hmm. reminded me of the 80s arcade game Dragon's Lair. Look, man, I already compared the I already compared these movies to Mother 1 and 2. You are... Dude, I'm, I know, I know. Company. You have the you're bomb in good show. company. But no, like, you're in good company with that even one. Even though it was years later, it feels mm-hmm. like Dragon's Lair. Where you have the That's protagonist so and you, he follows around into an basically an empty space. And he's looking mm-hmm. around the space. And then there's a hazard. And he deals with the hazard and it's off to the next room. Mm. It felt very, very similar to the Dragon's Lair games. That's... It hit me as very weird. That's a very interesting comparison. Until until it doesn't, right? Until, like, the rumored yeah. motorcycle shots that were really just a guy running or whatever um, yeah. come in. Or any any kind of innovation they do in this movie. It really... Raimi knows how to work with what he has and amplify it. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. What, what, he, what he's able to do with, like, the scariest thing in the whole movie to me 
mm-hmm. was that early chase where the evil spirit, it's the POV of the evil spirit, and Ash is running from the spirit. And he's going through mm. the different hallways of the house, and he's climbing oh, up the stairs. God. And he's like, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Even though a lot of what happens later is surreal, mm-hmm. it is all very scary. And it's because that moment really seals the deal to me. Things start, oh, things are serious. Him getting chased through the hallway in the house, it made me think of, um, that's not, that's not actually what's happening. That's how you, uh, that's how you imagine it to happen to you. That's how Bruce Campbell's character is imagining it to happen. That's to right. Him. And Bruce Campbell is so effective at his performance in those scenes. You really start to feel like, you know, I was told this was a comedy. Whereas Shaun of the Dead, there's always kind of a return to that. There's a reassurance mm. of that. The body yeah. horror aspect of some of the funny stuff in, in this movie mm-hmm. it keeps everything a baseline of extremely scary. <laughs> Even when you're laughing at, at him getting shot with a face full of blood that turns black and then they just rewind the, the uh, what do you call it, the footage so it looks like it's going back in. Yes. Even when you have silly stuff like that, you still have like genuinely scary stuff the ash getting possessed multiple times was like yes it looks goofy and exaggerated but it's still pretty goddamn scary was linda zombie the one that came out of the stop motion she had like a breast hanging out and oh it, my and god it that was, was like the goofiest stop motion figure you've ever seen but also dear god it's yeah it's that balance of yes this is inherently goofy but the way it's animated and like the way it looks and his way it's designed plays into each other so you're laughing but still going, haha, don't hurt me. Oh, it's horrifying. All the lo-fi stuff is horrifying because it's lo-fi. Like, yeah. And it works for the movie even when you can see the seams on the trick. Oh, yeah. You believe it. The, um... Oh, man, I love when, um... When uh, when the demon when the demon is following the car and then it does there's one shot where it's swaying back and forth violently that was legitimately terrifying because what I was saying before that's how that's probably how uh you know Ash is imagining he's being chased that thing is just going exaggerated he's that's what he's seeing in his head right and I mean even going back to the Linda zombie when she puts her head on and it's the made up Linda mask oh my mm. god it's like you're laughing at it like oh isn't that funny they <gasps> Mm, you know mm, it's oh just, my god it's that tent you tense up it's just it's funny i've always thought like screams and laughing are like the same section of the brain the same like like it's the same a surprise is a oh, surprise it is, it is yeah. and the fact and the way that the this movie plays with like those that that fork in the road is so preciously close laughing um, so hard laughing so hard you cry or seeing something horrifying and laughing i have a feeling i have a feeling a lot of this segment is going to be that oh yes but like think about think about other things i'm thinking about other other effects i really loved the Mm. ash looking in the mirror and then it's revealed that it's his own evil twin or whatever the demon has inhabited a body of ash to to harm him wonderful Um, wonderful stuff the hand is silly but it's very scary it helps that it's set up in a way, um, specifically when, um, I mean, it goes straight from him, the hand knocking him out with the plates, knocks him out, hilarious, falls on the ground, and then the hand using its fingers to pull itself. That was very important because it, it, one, it looks good. Two, it sets it up, it actually sets it up as a serious threat right. for the rest of the movie, That's right. which pays off in the last 10 minutes. It's that balance. 
It's not as perfect as Shaun of the Dead, but it's, it's, it knows how to balance itself. But I think those, those imperfections make it perfect because it's a part of it. It becomes, well, it, it helps also that these movies and this iconography of Ash with the chainsaw hand and all this and the cabin and the, the mm-hmm. gross stuff. It helps that all of that has made its way into the iconography of horror and, and mm-hmm. we know it all already. But I also mean, like, yeah, if you play, if you played Duke Nukem at any point, you like Ash. It's like no wonder, for example, friend of the show and future guest Josh Burton loves this movie because it feels like we took a summer and went up to an Airbnb and did it in a week. That was in my notes, actually. I, I wrote down to the you side. Can, well, you can now, but... I wrote down to the side, like, wow, I wish I did this in college. Right. Like, as a fun thing during the summer, get you, <laughs> get you, our buddies together, and just make a 30-minute movie. Oh, it reminded me of, it reminded me of a shot from, he's gonna, he's gonna fucking kill me for telling this story. <laughs> um, do you remember the good old days? Um, the movie Josh made in the summer in between high school and college? I'm going to say maybe. Oh. I remember you guys talking about it, but I'm going to reference specifically, I'm not sure if you were there, but you might have been, where we where you guys were filming behind a, a movie theater. I, yeah, I, I remember that day. It was like during the day. Were you? Are you not in it as one of the robbers? No, I was not. I think it was you and Bobby were the robbers. No, it's me. Uh, I, I have to be very careful about the good old days because there are people in it who are not friends of the show anymore. Um, but the good old days was a very strange and, and wonderful film noir that Josh wrote with friend of the show, Dan Anamoni. And, uh, we shot it over the summer and there was a night where we had to get a shot of from the outside of the car looking in as Dan drove. <gasps> so we got a two by four and we affixed it to the other side of the car and Bobby friends of the show, Bobby Titino hung out of the car with a piece of of two by four, and the camera is taped to the two by four. Oh my god! And it looked awesome. Hell yeah! It reminded me of all those awesome things, like the nights where we super, like we double exposed the light in Josh's basement so we can get a shot of Brandon that looked like he was in a in a mental hospital. <laughs> um, like all those, all it brought me back to the good old days, literally. Oh, um, yeah. and all but, the DIY wonder of all that. I would say the fact that we've probably talked just as much about this film, this film that was made when we were kids, over the actually talking about the movie. I think that's to the movie's benefit. It inspired us to think about this and relive it. Like I, I have to imagine that's what he was thinking when we did it. Oh, yeah. and that's yeah. what it looks like too, and it, it probably still looks pretty good. I mean. It was he just got his friends together and remade a movie he made six years prior. And by the way, so, Josh, I know we have to finish Cops oh, Day Out. It's inevitable. Oh I my promise. god, I, I forgot about that. Remember one. that? We'll see. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> um, it's getting back to your, Evil Dead Two. What was your favorite effect? Practical effect. I liked the deer head puppet. Yes, I think if I one. had to, if I had to pinpoint one that I really loved, it's the deer head puppet, and it's mm-hmm. Ash's chainsaw hand. Which is novel, oh, yeah. um, is just incredible. I loved uh, anytime Henrietta transformed. That was delightful. The, the shot where it's a splashing the face, flashing faces. I'm sitting. I'm sitting like this. Jared, like, Jared is doing the scream mask. 
both uh, both Home Alone reference and Edward Monk. That's the face I'm making. Just because it was so weird, beautiful, freaky, and just... It made me want to do something like that. I want to do that. That looks like fun. It's a big... It's a major inspirational movie to me. Like, I was scared more than I thought. I was inspired more than I thought. I was like, man, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Um, I also love that you knew that it was it was nonsense. You knew that she was lying because mm-hmm. you had seen Linda do the same thing to Ash in the first act. Yeah. So when it came time for the overall guy or whoever to fall for it, the overall guy's oh, yeah. going to fall for it because he's the overall guy. He ha- it's his role. He has to. Oh, yeah. He runs around screaming, Billy, Billy Joel, or whatever. Billy Joel. Ooh. Billy Joel. It was Bobby Jane or something. Friend of the show, Billy Joel. Let's not go that far. <laughs> um, um, I love... What did you think like, about the trees? About the trees where, um, yeah, Billy Joel, whatever. Bobby Jane. Let's go with that one. When she got dragged out by the trees, and you see like them all sneaking under oh, the that skin. that was horrible. I loved the cut from when her from the camera going into the tree and you get immediately the glass breaking. I thought that was so cool. All of like the what's it, jump cut? I'm not familiar with the term. What are you what are you trying to describe? A cool a cut where it's like thematically it follows. It's not just fade to black or switch scenes, it follows through. You just say cut. Okay. Sure. But, but there are a lot of really fast cuts in this movie, mostly to hide a special effect or five or six. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The scene where Ash is fighting Henrietta with yes, the uh, chainsaw. Yes, that is the worst with that. that I mean, was... it's awesome, but it's the worst with that, where it's like yeah, clearly. That was a legitimate just, oh, that doesn't look good. But the thing is, I loved it anyway. You know? Oh, absolutely. But that's part of it. Yeah. It's you have all to... a part of it. You have to learn to appreciate what is done with what you got. And that's the charm of this movie. It's it takes everything it can do and amplifies it with smart editing, really fun cuts and great acting. Bruce Campbell mugging for mugging every single time the camera looks at him. He's perfect. That dude. That dude. Okay, the smartest thing that the makeup artist did, whoever thought to put a little blood splotch, splotch between his eyebrows so it looks like he has a constant furrowed unibrow. Yes, dude. Like, what, looking, at, looking at that for years, I just thought he had a unibrow. No, that's makeup. That was a smart decision just have him always looking like that. I Big eyes. the use of fluid in this film was brilliant. The, oh, again, yeah. that green slime on the, uh, on the deer head puppet. Ash oh covered God. in oil, like a, after. So my second favorite effect is when uh, everything in the cabin starts to rattle and laugh, and mm. then it cuts to Ash, that really tight cut where he's covered in oil, like <laughs> that legendary he's tr- GIF. He's trying to outlaugh everyone in the every ghost in the room. Amazing. Oh God! Or when um or when uh the o- overalls guy gets sucked in, and then like it's it's like uh, the ending of Fargo, where just psh, blasted yes. in the face with blood. I loved that. Anything, anytime anything bad happened to the overalls guy, totally into it. When he got stabbed by mistake. <laughs> yes. That was, every, we were okay with him getting his, getting his just desserts. That was fine. Oh. Oh, do you love that gross out moment where Henrietta shows up and uh, accidentally Ash pops her eye out? And it goes down a, what's her name's throat? Yeah. yeah. The little glump. That was so funny. 
But again, like we're we're creeping around, feeling tension. We're laughing out loud, and then we're screaming in terror Mm -hmm. because of the mania. When things get right up into, I think a lot of it has to do with tempo. Because Mm -hmm. when it goes back to the mania, you're scared way worse than you were before the thing happened. Back when we were in kind of the creeping tension of like you open up the door slowly, it creaks open, Mm -hmm. and then what's inside the room? Again, this the what the scene you mentioned of um. You know all the all the ghosts and the, all the ghosts and demons laughing, and he tries to outlaugh them. The sheer level of what that hits gets scary because you you're just going with it. You're just whoa, whoa, whoa! It gets overwhelming in a way that's not too too much, but you still feel it in your heart. Oh my God! I want to talk about the book and the prophecy of the one who fell from the sky in the Middle Ages, who would stop the evil. Ash looks at a drawing of himself and says, I obviously didn't do that good of a job. <laughs> uh, did you know, Jared, that the original plan for Evil Dead 2 was to do Army of Darkness? Yeah, I read a little about that. That was his intention. Which is just nuts to me. Mm. Like, that's just wild. What an, what an ambitious move. I mean, by, by 1992, it made sense to do Army of Darkness. But, he, man. yeah, Honestly, it made way more sense for him to do a remake of Evil Dead. Because you need to... Evil Dead 1 was 81, I think. Then he had Crime Wave in the center, which was, oh boy. That's right. And it makes so much more sense to have a remake, reboot, etc. of Evil Dead as a start. Also, apparently the reason they um, they couldn't make it a direct sequel is because uh, he doesn't he didn't own the rights to the Evil Dead 1, so he had to just like work with what he had and just made a 20-minute so? synopsis. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Well, that actually makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense now i mean it's cool i like it i think it's super effective same it I left me it questioning though kind of left me questioning like is that is that all i really need to know is that okay like i f- i felt like i was missing something but at the same time it it didn't make you feel like you were missing something it f- just felt natural right uh the oh one thing i did want to note on the subject of um weird production stuff Army of Darkness was supposed to end with Ash in a post-apocalyptic future because, That's right. um, yeah, because he slept cause I, too much. He had one too many drops of the poison or whatever at the end. <laughs> not, not gonna lie, I, we shouldn't be talking about Army of Darkness, but no, I just no. wanted to say that the tri- the idea of it being the Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and Army of Darkness as a trilogy, I think it's Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, and that hype, that like weird post-apocalyptic future. He sh- that should have been the le- the movie where he goes back. That should have been, time. honestly, instead of doing Ash vs. Evil Dead, I feel like mm. that would that should have been the move. Yeah. But they rebooted the movie at that point, which I didn't even see the reboot. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, we'd mm-hmm. already kind of seen the reboot, and it, it, it was too time. late. If Army you were going to do one of these, like, up. but, like, Force Awakens-style, Creed-style, mm-hmm. um, we mentioned one earlier, like, one of these little prequel reboot things. Would have been a great comeback. Um, getting back to... Uh, how about just uh, just another couple of things? I, I know a lot of this review is us talking about how cool things are, but that's because the Evil Dead 2 is the coolest thing ever. Um, farewell to arms. Farewell to arms. <laughs> I had on. to pause the movie. I had to pause the movie because I just did not see that coming. <laughs> like, oh man, that's up there with that's up there with goofy dumb joke I want to make. It's like, oh, perfect. I liked. I liked Fred Flintstone tear. Are you listening to me? Do you hear what I'm saying? You're all right. Oh my god, that was so fun. 
And then she takes another swing at him anyway. So good. <laughs> Looney Tunes movement where he just sort of looks back with his big old eyes. Just. It's funny how this got like an X rating. Because maybe this was just the time, probably. This is Robocop levels of comedic gore. Like, right. I don't I mean, know. Yeah. There's there's some legi- uh, there's some scary moments, but all the moments where it's just spouting gore, it's like no, this is funny. This is hilarious. It's so funny. The the cutting yeah. off of the hand. The only thing I don't think is like super funny is the cutting off of the hand, which is really? great. It's very dramatic. I mean, I think yeah. it's a little. I mean, the, the thing is though, the hand has that little Three Stooges voice. Mm, yes, <laughs> and it, and it does do those weird little grunts and running around. Oh God, him him trying to shoot it through the wall. <laughs> Close up on his ear. He hears it, so his ear twitches, shoots, and of course that unleashes unleashes the fountain of blood. It's amazing. Um, I liked the mom. So the final battle has kind of two parts to it. It's yes. the mom turning into a monster from a movie you haven't seen, The Thing, mm-hmm. which is cheated so brilliantly cheated because you have the mom head and neck puppet. Mm -hmm. And then you have the full stop motion mom in the master that Bruce Campbell is trying to act against. And he does an incredible Mm job. Um, I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. So good. Then you get, of course, ends it with double uh, double barreled action. That's right. And the payoff, the double payoff to the lullaby. Because the lullaby works as the distraction. Right. That was really good. That Just, was really good stuff. I did not expect it to be that efficient. You can and, see Shaun of the Dead's inspiration in here in terms of the many setups and payoffs, and they're all pretty perfect. Exactly. Down to the greatest payoff at the end. Um, the tree monster comes back. Um, I am like, okay, with the tree monster. I think I think it, you don't really need it. Yeah. When they did the big reveal, I was like, you could have used some of that money. You could have used some of that money on the the whole rest of the production and it would have been fine to be fair like i understand it from the perspective of um bobby joe oh we're not gonna remember i'm not gonna remember it's okay we're all friends here thanks thanks billy joel um bobby joe is correct but yeah when bobby go bobby joe gets dragged off into the woods by the trees like that's a I don't know, that's like the one big thing with the trees. I understand wanting to bring it back just like so it's not a weird thing that happens and we don't ever talk about it again. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it it wasn't very efficient. Wasn't it's it's the least effective and efficient thing in a very effective and efficient movie. I feel like if you were going to throw ash in the middle ages, I feel like that's enough. We can say mm-hmm. the words and seal the mom up without having to do that. Yeah. And send ash away. I think I'm misunderstanding. I'm sorry. Say that again? You don't need the tree monster, is my point. Okay. You really don't. I was okay with it. I, I was kind of disappointed he didn't, like, make some kind of chainsaw cutting trees bit. I'm actually surprised they didn't do something with that at all. To come to think of it. That could have... Hey, maybe that was something on the cutting room floor. Apparently they, um, they had, like, a almost two hours worth of material to work with, and they cut it down to hour 25. So. The, the neatest hour 25 in the world. You know, I'd be curious to see some of that footage. Uh, same. God, oh man, maybe um, they might have put it out in like a DVD or a Blu-ray release or something. Or... The, the Evil Dead DVDs are notoriously good because the special mm. editions are the Book of the Dead, so they look like the Necronomicon with, with mm. faux leather skin. Uh, I've seen I've seen that. You've scene. seen those. Seen those were right. legendary to me as a kid because I'm like, what movies are those? And right. you know me, they're not getting into my house. 
<laughs> yeah, that um, unless happen. I can find a way for for my friends, not you, but but uh, oh. my elementary school friend's mother to say something about it to her, so she'd get it for me in spite. Um, I feel like that would have been the way. That's how I got mm. Mortal Kombat Deception. Yeah. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. But uh, anyway. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Jared, do you have any more notes on the Evil Dead Two before we uh, wrap it up here? Wonderful movie. Highly recommend. Please watch it. You've seen that. You've seen the poster a thousand times, with and without context, from childhood to now. If you haven't seen it, it's on HBO Max. They they all are, I think. Or Army of Darkness is streaming, but I'm not sure where. But Evil Dead Two is on HBO Max. What are you doing? What are you doing? Me? Oh, I'm sitting. No, not you. <laughs> uh, Evil um, Dead One is on. Evil Dead One is on HBO Max as well. Just a note. All right, good. Well, that's good. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think it's a five out of five. I don't think a five out of five for the record is perfect, but it's incredible, and that's oh, yeah. what Evil Dead Two is. It is perfectly what it set out to be. Evil Dead Two is perfect at being Evil Dead Two, and Tam, that is a hard thing to be. Hell yeah! Which is the which is the the criteria you should be using anyway for movies is how good is it at being itself. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So with that, I think we are going to say good night and good luck to all of you wonderful people. Thank you, as always, for listening. It's uh, always appreciated. Next week. Um, look, don't. I mean, I don't want to tell you to not watch the movies, but you the movies definitely are watch it. The movies are Ghosts of Mars and Jason X. You can rent Ghosts of Mars. Oh, no. Ghosts of Mars is on stars and you can. uh and you can get Jason X on Peacock. What else do you want me to say? They're terrible. And we'll talk about them next week. Look, there's a scene in Jason X where Jason freezes a, freezes a lady's head and then bashes it against a corner of like a chair or something and it explodes. So naturally Wait, really? you have to watch. Yeah, I'm not joking about that. Okay, I think I've changed my mind about Jason X. Perfect. <laughs> That's how you do a pitch. That's how you pitch a movie to All a right. friend. I think I've changed my mind about Jason X, but we'll, we'll see next week. We'll leave it at a cliffhanger. <laughs> Um, if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, please send them to us at amntpod at gmail.com. I did not check the email inbox before starting this recording, but I, you know, look, we'll check That's it next week. week. That's what next week is for. That's what next week is for. Until then, for Jared, this is Kev. Say goodnight, Jared. Goodnight, Jared. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye.